Hi everybody, my name is Jeff Wiskroff. Uh, came up with this crazy idea a few months ago to do a podcast in, uh, in a, kind of a fun format. We're going to try and get some information out to the fleet, out to the drivers. We're going to ask for drivers' input on what to, uh, what to talk about, what, we're, what subjects we're going to do. And we're also going to have uh, a different guests in, depending on those subjects. Different people from the company talking about what they do and, and how things roll here. Uh, again, we're going to try and make it fun, lighthearted. Uh, and 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 get some good information out to everybody. Today we started the first show with uh, with Travis Johnson. And Travis, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, so as Jeff said, my name is Travis Johnson. Uh, I've been with the company now, going on twenty nine years. And, uh, you know, as, as how I got started in the industry was I started here as a fleet manager and I did that for about, uh, just a little bit over a year, 15 months or so. And then I kind of moved into the operations manager role, um, had the opportunity to, uh, start working with Harold and Ned a little bit more during that time period. And, uh, you know, since then things have kind of progressed. I started moving into the vice president role and over, oversaw the entire operations here at TMC, worked with our dedicated division, um, our customer service and operations, and then uh, moved into the executive vice president role uh, where I have them same divisions as well as our logistics department today. So um, kind of all encompassing with a lot of different areas, but they kind of all uh, work together. And it just made sense um, for me to kind of manage that group of um, that group of departments. Operations has always been my kind of my thing, um, and uh, I've always kind of exceeded in that. So that's kind of a little bit of my background. So Jeff, so I'll turn it over to you. Okay, my name is Jeff Wiskroff, and uh, I, I got to describe myself as a displaced truck driver because that's what I am. Uh, I've been with TMC since 1990. Uh, started out as a driver. Uh, Wore a lot of different hats here, from fleet manager uh, to uh, training instructor. I currently run the training department and the uh, recruiting department, and enjoy that. Uh, you know, I, one one other thing to add to this, but I've got to I've got to um, admit that some of my success here was Jeff Whiskeroff was one of my trainers when I was a fleet manager. So I'm going to throw that out there and, and uh, give him some credit for that. That That's kind of where I, I cut my teeth here and working with both him and uh, the late, great Ed DiPaolo. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of stories and a lot of things that we can share about some of the stuff like that. But, um, yeah, Jeff was a pretty integral part in me getting started here, teaching me a lot of different things regarding the trucking industry um, and things like that, too. So... Well, I appreciate that, Travis. Let, let's talk about uh, uh, about the market right now, because I know there's a lot of talk about that. The the, the freight's a little tight, and, and we, we know it. That's why we're here. We're going to talk about uh, the the things that are happening at TMC. So, so Travis, why don't you give us your take on the on the on the freight today? Yeah. So, you know, we're coming off of 2023, and uh, you know, for those of you that that were here the entire year last year, uh, it was a challenging year for us. There was a lot of a lot of different things that happened during the course of the year. Um, you know, we, we've been seeing rate pressure a little bit from some of our customers, especially the second half of the year that we've been contending and dealing with. And quite honestly, we hope that 2023 um, was the bottom of the market. We're hoping as we get further into 2024 that we're going to kind of start seeing some things maybe kind of come alight a little bit. 
Uh, one thing that I will say that um, has really benefited us over the years is we have a customer commitment program with all of our customers, you know, versus dealing with the spot market and, and uh, you know, not really um, seeing the consistency of what the um, customer commitment freight does for us. So the spot market is the, is the customers that you don't haul for on a regular basis, and then the, the customer commitment is the, is the customers that give us loads every day on a regular basis. Yeah, correct. The customer commitment um, customers are customers that we've been doing business with for years. We see that for a year round, um, so that kind of helps us get through some of the down markets that we have. Um, but, you know, as you um, continue to grow, you know, some of the questions that we get is, why do we grow in down markets? And I know a lot of drivers have asked that. Uh, we've had some people in the office that have kind of asked that question. You know, um, you know Harold's always told us we got to grow when we can grow. And when the market does come back, we're prepared for that. We can we can try to increase our market share and try to diversify our customer base. It's really, really hard uh, to bring on new business during a down market. So when the market does shift or does turn for us, um, you know, we want to we want to make sure that we take advantage of that. We've got our brokerage department now that we can kind of lean on a little bit to kind of have them take on a little bit more during an up market so that when the market does slide a little bit, we can continue to pull from our brokerage division, which we've been doing uh, fairly consistently since about 2013, 2014 range. So, um, you know, that, that's the primary reason, Jeff, why, why, why we do that. I don't know if that you would have anything that you would want to add to that from a standpoint of the down market. No, that makes a lot of sense. So the, from the recruiting standpoint, I know, I know we've got a lot of focus going on in hiring the, the, it's just not random hiring. We're very selective about where we're hiring. We're trying to hire in the right areas, the areas where we have excess freight and we continue to have excess freight. So we've got some places that it's a little light here and there, uh, but but we're trying not to hire in those areas and, and not create more layovers. What we want to do is hire drivers in the right areas and the specific areas that, that we can support and continue to load. Yeah, And, and that, that's how we're going to grow. I mean, Yeah, and, and one other thing that we've really had a lot of conversations about here over the last few months is, is making sure um, we're aligned as a company. And when you talk about customer service and you talk about operations, you talk about recruiting and Jeff's department over there, and you talk about sales, when you're talking about growth, them four departments have to be aligned in terms of the goals and what we're trying to achieve. And, and Jeff and I have had a lot of conversations that we need to have a little bit more of a balanced network uh, within our system right now and and maybe look at what can we do a little bit up more up in the northern states to maybe attract some more drivers within our network. Uh, right now we're very heavily focused on drivers in the southeast and the south central and that, that can pose a few issues especially as you as you head into the winter months and the inbounds kind of you know fluctuate a little bit and, and you see that increase in, in inbounds down in the south and uh, that's where it creates a little bit of issues when we get into the winter time um, and stuff along that line too. So really trying to be a little bit more strategic in our thinking and uh, what we can continue to improve upon um, as we head into 2024. You know, something that we did back in uh, 2013, for those of you that are around, that were around the company back in 2008, 2009 frame, uh, you all know that we went through a very challenging time um, as a company, as an industry. Uh, the housing market collapsed. There was just a lot of things that were happening at that point in time. And quite honestly, we weren't diversified as much as that we wanted to be from a customer standpoint. And we were heavily involved, um, excuse me, in the, uh, in the lumber business. Uh, so we felt the, imp the impact of that during that time period. 
And one thing that came out of that was um, starting up our brokerage division. And the primary reason why we started that is we wanted to bring in non-asset customers into our brokerage division to where we could build up that book of business. And when the market got soft, we could start pulling loads back from our brokerage division for our black trucks. Because our black trucks are always going to be the priority in terms of what we're doing to make sure that they're loaded first, um, as opposed to using brokerage and our partner carriers out there that we use today. Um, so that works, uh, worked, has worked very well for us over the years. And vice versa, when, when we're in a good market, we want to capture as much freight as we can from our customers. We want to be a one-stop shop for them and you know, take as much freight as we can and then push them loads over to brokerage um, and have the partner carriers continue to have that so that we always have a uh, consistent book of business within our network. So regardless of whether we're in a good market, a bad market, we've got different levers that we can kind of pull uh, to make sure that we stay productive, we keep you guys busy, busy, and... Uh, um, that, that's the primary reason why we kind of started our brokerage division and it's worked out very well for us over the years. So it goes back to tough time. Tough, tough times are good for tough people. And right. We, and we learned things in 08 and 09 and we're poised now to, to be very successful in a little bit of a down market and have enough freight for our drivers. Yeah. Harold's always said, when you come out of times like that, we're a stronger company. And, you know, I think all of us employees um, that have been through times like that, uh, you know, realize that we, we sense that, uh, that sense of urgency and the knowledge that we gain from a down market. And, and Jeff, you know, as well as I do, I mean, you know, these, we go through these ups and downs in these markets and that's going to continue to happen. So we need to take advantage of the good years that we have so that we can, uh, try to get through the challenging, uh, years that we have, like what we kind of had last year a little bit and, and, uh, and kind of go from there. So. And, and we're going to see some new normals. I mean, I don't think we'll ever go back to seeing what we saw in the spot markets when, when the when the freight excess freight and the driver the the truck line shortages was uh, was there. I mean, the, we have uh, we won't see that spot market return. We're back to a new normal or yeah. the old normal. Yeah, I would agree. And and really, when you look at twenty twenty four. Um, you know, there's still some uncertainty with the market, guys, so we've got to continue to work through that and continue monitoring it on a week-to-week -week basis. We've got an election year that we're dealing with, right. um, so, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with that. Um, generally speaking, the election years um, in the past have been a little soft, um, but, you know, we are hearing some positives um, out there from our customers um, today a little bit right now, but um, still haven't seen that pendulum um, swing uh, like we would really want it to kind of swing at this point in time. So we'll continue tracking it. I really feel like um, I don't know that we're going to see our typical spring surge that we have uh, historically in the past, but hoping for hoping for some positives to come out of the second half of this year. Right. I mean, you talked about the customers and our relationships a little bit. I mean, that's one of the one of the key things a, a business plan at TMC is is good long-term relationships with customers, building relationships, and 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 f seeing those through, not taking advantage of each other in in bad markets, and 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 building beneficial relationships for both of us. Yeah, one one thing that Harold has always preached to us over the years is is uh, you know working with our customers and making sure that we have partnerships and. You know, if it's a two-way street between, and we've got a lot of customers like that, and I, I can't thank our customers a lot for the business that they've given us over the course of the years and that have stuck with us consistently year in and year out. But, uh, you know, it's about partnerships. 
and we need to partner up with them just as much as they need to partner up with us. And, you know, the respect and trust and all that kind of stuff just earns us more business, um, you know, through that. So we've had some very, very loyal customers over the course of the years. We still deal with the first customer that TMC has ever, ever uh, the first load that we ever hauled with TMC, you know, right. and we're very proud of that fact that we've been able to do that. With that said, uh, a lot of our leads come from drivers. Uh, customer leads come from drivers. So, so I would like to say to the drivers out there, if you've got a customer that you don't think we're hauling out of that we should be, uh, it's about getting a hold of us, uh, getting a hold of the sales department, and and uh, and and getting that information into TMC so we could think about picking up that customer or making a call to that customer and seeing if there there's anything there that we could uh, we could work through together. And that number is. Can we get the number and, and get it on, on this podcast here for everybody to look at? And, and that way it'll be there for, for the drivers to call in with. Yeah, okay? absolutely. All right. I think that talks more about the culture. I mean, the, the, I, I think if we want to talk about Steercom and, and what Steercom is, Steercom is, a, is, is kind of the... It's who it, we are. It's who we are. It's the, it's the open door culture of TMC. It's about being able to communicate with each other no matter what level you're at in the company. And so I think that's where, where the, the Steercom uh, looks at the people. And, that, and that's the culture of the organization is, is run and driven from there to make sure the culture stays. That, the, that, the, that the, some of the things we do just because of who we are and we're not going to do. I mean, in a down market, it would make a lot of sense not to wash the trucks every week. Okay, <laughs> that's not who we are. But that's not who we are. Yeah. I mean, we do some <clears throat> things because that's who we are, and that's what we are. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I Travis, uh, there's been some been some curiosity on how how the management works of the organization or of TMC since uh, since Harold's passed. He's been gone a couple years now, uh, doing well. But can you talk about a little bit about how the how the management of the organization works? Sure, sure. Yeah, Jeff. Um, you know, I think Harold's vision was always, um, you know, the board of directors was going to be the uh, the body that was going to be, you know, making some of the ultimate decisions um, within the organization. Every one of us that are on the board of directors has our, our expertise. And, uh, you know, the full expectation was for him or was for us to do our jobs to the best of our ability. You know, from there, we've got a group of EVPs. Um, that are essentially run running the company. The board is there to make sure the EVPs are doing what we need to be doing uh, with each of our departments. And uh, we meet on a regular basis. We meet monthly uh, to go over any uh, hot topics or issues or concerns that may come up. And uh, really, that EVP group is really the driving force behind uh, what we do as a company and the decisions that we make or approve or what you know go from there. So. The, uh, the Steercom is, is another group of people, managers, that, that get together on a, on a every other week basis, I guess. And, and really from there, we're going over charts and reviewing trends and you know, what's going on with everybody's departments. Uh, we get a lot of action items or takeaways from them meetings in terms of what we need to be doing. If we see a chart you know, that's maybe kind of getting out of line, um, we, need, we need to figure out what's kind of driving that, rein it back in. We come back the next meeting um, you know, with an answer to that action item and, and what we're doing. So really, when you look at the board of directors, when you look at the, the, the Steercom group and you look at the EVPs, it's really about all of us holding each other accountable for what we're doing within our departments and making sure everybody is aligned um, to make sure that we're continuing Harold's vision and the direction of 
where really where he's taken us for the first 50 years so that we can continue his legacy and his expectations into the next 50 years. So it's a group effort. Everybody works together and pushes the, pushes the truck in the same direction. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know. Again, I think we need to call out to the drivers what they'd like to see in this, okay? Uh, I mean, and maybe we do, you know, okay, we've talked a little bit about the market today. Uh, we sure want to hear from you drivers what you'd like to see in the next in the next session. Uh, uh, again, we try, try to plan on doing this monthly. I'd like to hear from every driver about the subjects they'd like to see, the things they'd like to see covered. Uh, if you don't understand why something works the way it works, then, then get a hold of Trevor at this number, and I'll get that up there for you, and you can call him and, 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 or, or, or send a satellite message into him and get, get some information to him so you can get that subject on the, on the podcast here, and we'll get the right person in front of the mic. If it's a maintenance issue, we'll get uh, Jason Webb and Mike Duffy in here, and they can talk about it. I mean, we'll, we'll get the right people in front of the mic, and they, and they can uh, walk through what we're going to talk about and, and explain the situation and how things work for you. I think these podcasts will be good for recruiting as well because it, it'll be it'll hit. I mean, trust me, it'll hit. I think we culture needs to come in. We haven't really spent a lot of time talking about culture, but I'd really like to hit on a little bit of culture. No, on, we can talk about culture. Yeah. I mean, just how do how do we want to lead into it? Okay, now we've talked about uh, we've talked about the down market. I mean, what's the next question to lead into our culture? I mean, we can go. Hey. Uh, Speaking of uh, doing things the way we do things just because we do them. Here's why. Let's talk about some <laughs> other things we do just because we do it. I mean, one of the things we've got is a, is a no-pet policy. I mean, our no-pet policy is, uh, is because we're running the finest equipment on the highways today, okay? Uh, our trucks don't look like a doghouse. Okay, uh, our, uh, you know, we give you the best equipment there is to run. We give you the best trucks available, and, and we prefer to keep them nice. I mean, everybody that's ever seen a TMC truck knows what they look like. I mean, I mean I've got family members across the country that will call me and say, hey, my God, these trucks are spotless. Okay, and, and that's who we are. That's our entity. Uh, if you if you got a labradoodle hanging out the window with dog hair all over the truck, it's just not the it's just not the professionalism that we want to convey to our customers. Yeah, I, you know, so you know, one of the things that uh, you know that a lot of drivers and a lot of office people, um, you know, takes a little while for them to come in and maybe adjust to our culture a little bit. But we do have a very unique culture. I believe it's something that Harold is has kind of indwelled in all of us. Um, over the years, especially us long-term tenured people that have been around a while. Um, we know the expectations. We know exactly what we need to be doing, um, you know, from that standpoint. But, you know, really it's about when you, when you talk to Harold and what he really wanted from his people um, and what he drove within this company was, was loyalty, hardworking people, dedication, um, and, and really honesty, you know, I mean, we run our, we run a very honest business around here and it doesn't matter if you're talking, you know, to, um, Harold when he was, when he was alive with us or whether you're talking to someone, you know, from the EVP level, you know, we're, we're very straight shooters. Um, you know, we're not, we're not trying to hide or, or do anything, whether it be from the drivers or anybody in the office, we're very, we have an open door policy. We always have. And uh, I think that's something that Harold really drove with all of us and, and really wants, you know, we want to make sure that we carry his legacy and, and what's brought us these first 50 years is going to continue on, continue on in the next 50 years. So, um, you know, I know when I, when I hired on here uh, 29 years ago, 
Um, you know, I, I considered myself to be uh, a very hard worker. I was very passionate, and I really liked the quality, the core values that that uh, TMC had here. And I and I had the opportunity to to spend and have some conversation with Harold, and and I, I was aligned with exactly what the core values were. And them were really the kind of people that we look for here at TMC. And once they get the foot in the door, they understand who we are. We kind of teach them that. Um, and, and I think they get a pretty good full understanding of that, Jeff. Yeah, I, I agree. Our, our, our culture is who we are. Our culture is where some of those, uh, I guess maybe odd rules that we have come up. <laughs> unique. Or, or unique rules uh, uh, from truck appearance to uh, uh, our personal appearance policies even. Uh, you know, we, we uh, expect a lot out of our drivers. I mean, we're... we're we, we're a professional organization. We want our drivers to look professional. What, what everybody needs to remember is our drivers, you, our drivers, see our customer. I don't get to see a lot of our customers. Once or twice a year, I'll go out and on a customer visit and see a customer. It's the drivers that meet the customer. It's the drivers that are our representative, our organization, and our culture. So, so I mean, we, yeah, we have some policies. I mean, we, 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 uh, we want your hair neatly trimmed and, and your beard tidied up and, and looking professional. Uh, the same reason we want the truck looking nice. I mean, I, I can tell you as a driver here at TMC, and, and I'm sure it's happened to you, I've got customers that'll come up and go, oh my gosh, that's a beautiful truck. Can I look inside? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons we want the truck to be squared away. I mean, if if if, if your, your clothes are all strewn across the truck and it's a mess and it's dirty, that doesn't represent who we are. I mean, I mean you've been to our facilities, you know who we are, that's, that's our culture. And, and, and I guess definition of our culture, it's really hard to try to explain it, but, but it begins with just the core values that you talked about. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes on to, you can talk about the pet policy. Uh, yeah, we have a no pet policy. Again, I'm not a dog hater. And Harold was far from a dog hater. <laughs> Okay, yep. he absolutely loved his dogs, but but uh, uh, they stayed at home. He didn't have one under his desk. I mean, our trucks are, are look the way they look because they don't have a 150 pound Labradoodle living in them. Okay, that's not that's not where a dog belongs, in my opinion. And I'm a dog lover. I love dogs, but I but I don't bring mine to work with me. It's not under my desk. Yeah, I, I really think Harold always always told us that you know we've got an image to uphold and and reputation is everything. And to Jeff's point, you never know when you're going to have a customer ask to look at the inside of your truck. It happens more more times than anybody would think. And you know we just want to make sure that we're holding ourselves above our competition. Um, you know, given given our customers a reason to continue using our service and and you know why they use us. Yeah, and we've got top of the line equipment as yep. well. I mean, our our equipment is top notch. Our equipment is 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 the equipment that an owner operator would want to buy if he could afford it, but he can't. <laughs> right. Okay, so it's so our equipment is is the nice stuff. And 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 with that said, some of it is a business decision. I mean, I mean, we're getting a premium dollar for our equipment when we trade it off as our used equipment. It's pretty desirable. People want our equipment because we take such good care of it, and it looks the way it looks. Yeah. You know, one of the things, Jeff, that came up, and I think this has been, I think we might be going on three years right now, but we get this question from drivers frequently is, is why do we govern our trucks? You know, we were, we were at 62 mile an hour for, for several years, um, 10 probably to be exact, right around that time frame back when the, when the market kind of dived a little bit and we needed to make some business decisions back then. But, you know, what was, what was the primary reason why we went back to 62? And then what was the reason why we changed that back two or three years ago, back to 65 mile an hour? 
Uh, the, the primary reason, it was just monetary. It was, it was a cost. It was a cost savings. Uh, we did that in the down market back in 08, 09. Uh, it was cost savings. We saved uh, and millions. I think millions, millions of dollars. Of dollars. Uh, there's a direct reflection to the, to the speed of the truck and how much you can save per mile an hour. And, and I don't know those off the top of my head, but it, it was significant. And, and we went back and we, and we reevaluated as the market changed. And, and based on what our driver feedback, I mean, we're constantly listening to our drivers and said, look, can you speed the trucks up a little bit? Can you give us 65? That's what everybody else is running. And that's what we went to. And, and, and it's worked out very well. Uh, we want you guys to, to be happy out there. We want our drivers to be happy. And that, that's where the change came from. You know, another question that we, that we hear from our drivers a lot is, is, uh, is our hiring area and, and what we've done with that and, um, over the course of the years. And are we going to get out to the Western 11 a little bit more frequently than what we do today? And, and quite honestly, you know, the answer to that question is, is, is uh, you know, you need drivers and you need customers. And you've got to be able to, to make sure that both of them are aligned at the same time to where we can grow that segment of our business. We did go through some, some hiring adjustments um, in terms of areas. Um, earlier last year, I believe, specifically out in the Northeast and maybe a little bit down in Texas, we made a few adjustments. And, and just to let everybody know, we're reviewing our hiring areas yearly. Um, we wanna make sure that, um, that we've got the freight to justify expanding our hiring areas, making sure that we've got the, the uh, qualified drivers in them areas and right. making sure um, that we're going to be able to support the business that we, that we try to bring on in the Western 11. Um, I will tell you that, that we do hear from some of our larger customers that are asking us if we're going to get out into the Western 11 a little bit more. So I think it's going to be something that we continue to have conversations on in, internally to determine whether or not we want to go down that route. Well, Travis, too, we, we also have to think about our home time commitments. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we're very good at getting our drivers home on a regular basis. And, and so the guy that lives in Atlanta that wants to go to Los Angeles and still be home on Friday night is going to have a little bit of trouble, okay? Right. It, the math just doesn't work out for it. So, so you've also <clears throat> got to make sure that you got the, the right people in the spots that want to run those loads. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, another thing that we hear uh, quite frequently is, is uh, terminals. Um, I can give you just a brief update on on our South Carolina project right now that we're currently doing uh, down there in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, you know, we're in the beginning stages, um, I guess. We've got the foundation done. The walls are about to, uh, to go up here within the next couple, two or three weeks. Um, but our projected move-in date for our South Carolina office is going to be uh, roughly around that April to June timeframe of 2025. Um, just to kind of give you a little bit of a background of what that building is going to entail, uh, we're going to have a large presence there with our logistics department. We've got, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got operations, we've got customer service, we've got safety and logs um, and stuff like that. So it's going to be a fairly large complex. Um, imagine uh, the Brownsburg facility in terms of the, the maintenance facility there. Uh, that's pretty much going to be identical. And then we're going to have a two-story building there uh, for our office people uh, that we looked to house uh, roughly around 200 uh, people um, within that office building down there. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do between now and and uh, May of 2025 in terms of just trying to find that talent and, and making sure that we don't move in with, you know, 25% capacity. Our goal is to try to get that to, to the 50 to 65% capacity before we move in uh, in May of 2025, Jeff. So Yeah, we added a motel this year uh, and, and down there, and that's worked out really well. 
uh, it, it, to me, it's really, I, I, I want to say thank you to all the drivers in the southeast that put up with us as long as they have, because uh, now, now they're getting a real taste of what TMC is. I mean, we're building a facility that mirrors us, mirrors who we are and what we are. And, uh, and, and, and we, it's been a long time coming. It's over, over, you've waited a long time for it. So, so I'm excited to see it come online. The training, the training operation down there, you, you drivers that went through training in Columbia, that facility's top notch. Uh, uh, that's who we are. Uh, and now we're going to build the shop facilities to mirror that, the, 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 like Travis said, it looks like Brownsburg. It is quite the quite the place. I, I can tell you a little story about uh, being in Brownsburg and uh, the Cintas uniform guy came into Brownsburg and I was the first time in the shop there kind of standing around staring at it, looking at it, pretty amazed. And the Cintas guy says, wow, this is quite a place, isn't it, to me? It didn't dawn on me until I realized that Cintas guy services John Force Racing. <laughs> that Cintas guy yeah. services... Uh, all the race teams that are housed out of the Indianapolis area, and he says our shop is something. Yeah. So, so that just tells you what TMC is and how, what we are, how we are. You want to know about culture? That's culture. Yeah, yeah, and, and and also too, we hear about you know what are we going to do for future terminals beyond beyond the Columbia, South Carolina. You know, I, I personally, and and this is just all kind of. Uh, talking at this point in time, but I would love, we, we would love to see something down in that Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas market down there. I know we hear a lot of comments from you drivers about, you know, having a presence down there. Um, that's something that we may start looking at on down the line. Once we get past the Columbia, Columbia South Carolina project and kind of get that up and going a little bit. Um, we hear from drivers wanting to do something out in the Northeast. Um, we've also had conversations regarding the Northeast. We just got to take some of these things one step at a time, make sure it makes uh, financial sense before we literally jump right into something like that and we don't take off more than uh, bite off more than we can chew Jeff Correct. so uh, but there's definitely some advantages to getting down to that Texas market the Northeast market as we continue to grow as a company right. Jeff one I'm going to ask you maybe just a Herald story we'll let you do it this month what's a Herald story you want to tell them about the fishbowl you want to tell them about the week Tim was gone oh my god so here's the here's the deal they're gonna like drivers I think will appreciate the the attention to detail that Harold always had. There wasn't Harold. Here's the thing. Harold knew the answer to the question before he answered asked you the question. He just wanted to know if you were going to be freaking upfront with him and and if it was going to be the same answer that's him. But you know, I I could because I got a little bit of a spinoff on that. I could even piggyback on the outer. I, it was out of route. We're kind of being nostalgic because we are sitting in the. We're con- live live we're, from Harold's. Yeah, office. we're just sitting in the conference room attached to Harold's office, so it's it's kind of nostalgic yeah I mean, you know you know what the one i would like to tell is is i can remember coming into his office he called me into his are office are you starting no but but <laughs> you can't no I, I, i'll tell it to you guys and you can use it if you want but <clears throat> i was a fleet manager here at tmc and i can't tell you that i enjoyed being a fleet manager i enjoyed being a driver more than a fleet manager okay and, and and I had let it know that I wasn't real happy being a fleet manager. Um, but Harold called me into his office and uh, and approached me with just that. He said, Jeff, I understand you're, you're thinking about driving again. And I said, yes, sir, I do think about driving again. Um, I think about it every day. I enjoy driving. And he said, well, that's great. You were a great driver. I'd love to have you back in the fleet. 
you can sure be a driver for me anytime you want. And then he said, you're also a good fleet manager. You can continue to be a fleet manager if you'd like to. But right now you're not committed to either, so you're not good at either. <laughs> so you need to figure out what you want to do and go do it. <laughs> and and the takeaway from that I've used my whole life is, is I mean, it's it, it, it was the same advice my father would have given me. If you're not happy doing something, then find something you are happy doing. And that's all he said. And, and that still stands today. Uh, do what you enjoy doing. Life's too short for it. And and, that, and it was clear as a bell. It was absolutely true. It was absolutely fact. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, could, I could share a short story with you guys as well, just real briefly. And we could, Jeff and I could probably go on and on over the stories that we've had with her over the last 29 to 35 years for you, but Jeff. But um, so I, I met quite regularly um, with Je with uh, Harold, um, just kind of going over issues of the day or issues of the week or what's kind of going on. And um, as, as I said, he every question that he ever asked me, he knew the answer before he asked me for the most part. He really did. He, he just he just wanted to know, um, you know, if, if we were consistent with what we were doing, if we were consistent with the goals that we were trying to lay out and the expectations and, and really how, how he wanted to see the business ran if it was being, being done on a consistent basis. And, you know, when you talk about attention to details uh, with that man, um, I mean, I don't think there was no one else within this company that knew what was going on in every department. Um, you know, he just, he, he didn't miss a thing. He did not miss a detail. And, and that's what struck me most about working with Harold a little bit. And I'll just give you just a brief example. Um, this was a conversation that he and I had, you guys, you guys as drivers know how, um, maybe not today, but I can tell you 10, 15, 20 years ago, out of route was a big deal. Yeah. Out of route was something that, that was very near and dear to Harold's heart. And, you know, we, he was always about, you know, saving a little bit of money here. He, he always said a penny, penny saved here, a penny saved here. It all adds up. And if we could get every department lead or department head to kind of have that same mentality, you know, we would be managing the company exactly the way that he would be managing it. And one of the days that I was back here in his office and, and uh, I think we were running at the point in time, I'm going to just guess, and we were probably running in that 10.5% range, um, which I actually thought was a pretty decent number. Harold uh, continues to open up his side drawer, and I guarantee you it's still in his drawer in his desk today. Pulls up, and he actually unlocked it to get to it, so he doesn't want anybody to get to it. And uh, pulls up and literally is going down these out-of-route numbers by driver, and, and he's down in the low 8% ranges, 8.3, 8.2. Overall, as a fleet, we were running 8.25%. And he would ask me the question, and he did this conversation with me at least once a quarter. He goes, Travis, how, how come we can't get this out of route down to, to, uh, to eight and a half, eight, you know, 8% out of route? You're running 10%. Do you understand what that cost, what that 2% or 2.5% difference in cost is doing with our, to our company? And uh, I said, yes, sir. I said, I, I get it. And uh, one of the things um, that I kind of went back at him and asked the question, I said, I said, Harold, how long were those drivers with you that, that were running that eight, eight and a half percent? He goes, just don't you mind about that. Just get back to focusing on what you need to be doing. So I kind of picked up that if they were running high out of route percent, they probably weren't with the company very long. <laughs> and that's how, that's how I always justified with him. That's how he had the lower number than what I had. 
obviously we've come a, we've done a lot since then in terms of mentoring and, and coaching the drivers and really trying to work with the auto route because um, that's that's really what we want out of our drivers is for them to be successful and some drivers you know maybe need a little mentoring or a little help in certain categories they get a lot of stuff thrown at them during orientation and we, you know we got to be patient with them it takes a little bit of time to you can't expect a three-month driver or a six-month driver to act like a five-year driver. And you've got to continue to coach and mentor these drivers along a little bit. So uh, just just the reason why I tell that story is his attention to detail was freaking amazing. I mean, it was like I've never he, met anybody he, he in my life. He did not miss a thing. He did not miss I never met anybody in my life. Um, what what he did from that standpoint. I will say our, our structure and our pay and, and the way we – raise drivers or teach drivers or groom drivers. Uh, uh, I'm friends with drivers that I worked with 25 years ago here. They're no longer here, but they're very successful owner operators. And even they go back to say, hey, the things that I learned at TMC, at TMC, you don't just learn to drive a truck. You learn to operate the truck. You learn the numbers that are important to, to, to making money with a truck. You learn what's important to a truck line, not just to the truck driver. So so you're involved in all the pieces of the of the truck line itself. And 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 so I mean that's that stands that shows just how many drivers we've had that, that have moved on to be very successful owner operators because they've learned the basics of the business, not just driving the truck. Yeah. I mean driving the truck sometimes the easy part. Yeah, when when you when you look at this, and Jeff's gonna know exactly who I'm referring to here, but um, I'll just say his name, Pat Patterson. You remember Pat Patterson? Yeah, I remember Pat Patterson. Jeff, Pat Patterson was an individual, a driver that started for us back in the back in the '90s, probably, and uh, he struggled right out of the gate. If you remember Jeff, and I do. It took him a few years to took him a few years to get it, and uh, once it clicked, and once he got into the things a little bit. Um, you know, he, he was very, very successful. Matter of fact, he was a wheelmaster. Correct. A wheelmaster driver. Master. So, you know, the last thing that we want to do is give up on drivers too quickly. We want to make sure that we we do everything that we can to make that driver successful. And I think today we do that probably more than we've ever done um, in the history of this company. So we want to give that, that driver the opportunity, the time um, to be able to grasp, you know, really what this industry is about, being away from the house, um, and there's a lot of things that them drivers go through, as you know. Yeah, we understand the struggle. I mean, I, and again, I think this this format that we're using today, I mean, that's one of the things we'd like to see. If you drivers out there, if you have something that you'd like to know about, if you'd like a tool that we're not giving you, if there's something we could explain to you, that's what we want to bring out to you in this format. We want to talk about it and let's get it get it on the table for everybody. I, I mean, we want to do a better job for you. We, we're here to support the drivers. We're here. We're here for you. Yeah. So, so next thing we want to kind of hit on here is a little bit. I think each month we do this, we want to kind of recognize some drivers for um, their milestones or their accomplishments that they've kind of done over the years. And and for the month of January, we've had uh, four or five drivers here that really really hit some uh, milestones here from a safe mile standpoint. And I'm just going to read off their names here. Uh, Robert Carbaugh uh, hit two million miles of safe driving uh, here in the month of January. Anthony Troxler hit 1 million miles of safe driving. Jerry Grossman, 1 million miles of safe driving. And then John Yonker uh, hit 2 million miles of safe driving. And, and Jeff, as a driver, talk to us about a little bit about a timeline on how long it even takes to get a you know, million miles of safe driving. Um, I've always used the figure of about 120, 
125, 30, you know, 125, 30,000 miles in a year. That equates to about seven to eight years. Would you agree with, with yeah, the number? Yeah, it's about seven or eight years, depending on how hard a, a driver runs, maybe how long you're away from home, if you choose to give up some weekends or not. But but that's eight hard years, 100,000 miles. Safe. Uh, a safe driving. That, that's that's that, that's incredible. And, and, and TMC has, uh, has a lot of drivers achieve that here every year. I mean... Yeah. We, we want to take the time to call out those drivers. <clears throat> yeah, and just to give you, I, I just had this, I had this data uh, in front of me, so I'll just kind of share it with you. We've got uh, um, roughly about 250 drivers within our fleet today that are over 1 million miles of safe driving. So I think that's a, that's a true testament to that. We've got a, a driver over 4 million miles, uh, which is absolutely unheard of. Actually, two drivers now uh, with, uh, I think, I believe Les Bulkin. Uh, went over that four million mile mark as well, right? And yeah, Les just retired. Kevin by Dinsdale. The way. Yep. yep, we've got twelve over three million, and we've got sixty-two over uh, two million. So you're talking, you know, in excess of 300, 325 drivers that we have over a million drivers within our entire fleet, which is which is a testimony to um, their excellence and their their drive to continue to be the best drivers that they can be out there in the world. They're they're really our drivers that that have carried us over all these years. Well. Travis, with that said, I run the training department, so so the people that really make this company are the, are the trainers. I mean, we've got a great group of trainers. Our trainers right now are better than we've ever had, and I've been doing the training department yep. now for 20 years, so 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 I, I'm confident that we have the best group of trainers. The trainers in our fleet are the drivers that instill the culture and the values to the, to the next generation of this organization. I can't tell you how important a role that is. Uh, it's huge. Uh, so I want to do want to call out to the uh, uh, trainers of the month as an award we give out to the driver trainer of the month every month. Uh, Brian Ashton, I'd just like to say thank you for October trainer of the month. Uh, my old buddy Richard Torres, I want to say thank you Richard Torres, November uh, November trainer of the month, great job. And Barry Anders, December trainer of the month. Uh, again, I can't say enough about my trainers. I, I'm here for you. You guys do a great job. You, you, I mean, without you, we couldn't be what we are. Uh, the, the trainers are the, are the bottom line, front line people in this organization. Uh, uh, and and uh, if there's anything I can do for you, my door's always open. I'm happy to, uh, to, to speak with each and every one of you. Yeah, and absolutely congratulations to them individuals. They're, uh, like you said, they've kind of been the backbone of our, backbone of our drivers or our, our company. <clears throat> one, one other thing that I want to kind of mention, we've had several drivers uh, here literally over the last couple months that have uh, uh, gone on and retired from our company. And I'll, I'll just kind of mention a couple of names to you. Les Bulkin. Uh, Les was here for 38 30, years. 38, 38 years. 38 years. 38 years <laughs> as a truck driver. That's crazy. It really is. And if, if anybody, if any, if any of you guys have ever met Les Bulkin, probably one of the nicest truck drivers that we've ever had. And I, yeah. we'd clone him in a in a heartbeat if you want to use the cb slowpoke is is uh <laughs> is less so slowpoke less went by slowpoke on the yep. cb everybody knows him as slowpoke yep. so great guy uh paul myers uh uh 27 years and we literally just flew out to pennsylvania and had a, a lunch uh, retirement dinner with uh, him and his wife this week um there were six or seven of us that went out there for him uh spent the majority of his time on the specialized feet on the specialized fleet and uh, did an excellent job for us. Michael Morgan, 23 years. We're actually doing his retirement dinner tonight. Um, so another congratulations, Michael. 
Steve Alford, 22 years uh, total combined for him. Uh, he's going to be coming. Uh, he's actually retired. We're going to be doing a retirement dinner for him coming up soon. And then Glenn Weagle, uh, 21 years as well. So really, what we you know we want to we want to recognize them. We we like to get them together, take them out to lunch. You know, really just kind of congratulate them, talk about all their years uh, with TMC, and kind of hear some of them stories. And it's always kind of kind of fun to see how they got their start and talk about their first truck, their first load. You know what they did for their for their last load coming into the the terminal and and uh, you know speaking of one one of the things that we really don't spend a lot of time talking about when you talk about this kind of tenure and these drivers retiring, you know we really don't give enough credit and and, and credit to their wives. I agree. Um, you know getting you know being a truck driver isn't easy, Jeff. And as you know, you've been there, done that, and having to leave that house on on Sunday evening. And not coming back until the following weekend is you one of the hardest things. support unit. One of the hardest things that you could do with a driver. And I remember Harold always saying um, he has the utmost respect for a truck driver because that was the one thing that he don't he didn't know that he could ever do, you know, was to leave his family and and to do that. So Harold really really respected uh, you guys as drivers when uh, when you guys do that because you guys make sacrifices every single day. So we appreciate that. So congratulations to them. We wish all them people that are retired the best. Um, in their future and and uh, you know there's a couple of uh, uh, wheel masters in there so we'll continue to get to see them every year as they come out I know Paul and Les are both going to plan on being here in April speaking of which the the upcoming wheel master meetings coming up here I believe April 19th um, so we're going to be getting um, you know the uh, the announcement sent out and April 13th. Okay. April 13th in our next podcast we should be able to announce the uh, the new wheel the, the new wheel master meeting. so that'll be exciting yeah Again, April 13th is the Wheelmaster uh, date for, the, for those people that are going to be coming out there for that. And norm, generally, we get a really, really good, good turnout. turnout for that. And, and uh, you know, these when you look at the 10-year and the years of service and the safe miles of that group alone, it is unbelievable. I know we hit on it every meeting, but it's unreal what they've done for this company. Well, I, I, and I think the, tes- the testimony there for the drivers, I mean, when you have a group of drivers at 23, 25 years retiring, it says a lot about an organization. I mean, we're, it's kind of what I tell the orientation classes every week. If you like structure, you like organization, you're going to like it here at TMC. And, and, and they, they fall into place if you realize it's, you like it and it's, it's the right place. I mean, I came to TMC, I was looking for the trifecta of trucking, which is equipment, freight, and home time. And I'd been at four or five other places. I got here to TMC, and, and I was hitting all three. I got home on a regular basis. I had a beautiful truck to drive that didn't break down, and we had plenty of freight. Uh, and, and, and so here I am, uh, 30 years later, uh, still at TMC. Uh, those drivers, they also they've got the, the ability to enjoy the ownership, uh, the ESOP. I mean, they, they, who, who would think that... that a driver would go with a retirement package that they contributed nothing to it at the end and of going home years, with six figures with six figures to, <laughs> to, to help with their retirement. So, yeah. I mean, it, I don't, I don't, I can't explain how, uh, how, uh, grateful I am for that opportunity. Yeah, and I think a lot of people that have been around a lot of years, Jeff would, would, would uh, echo your comments on that. I mean, we are just so grateful for, for what Harold, uh, did for this company and, and making it an employee-owned company back in 2013. And, and uh, you, know, you know, we all know that he had options, that he probably could have exercised his rights to sell the company. And that's not just who Harold, that's not who Harold is. Right. Harold wanted to give back to his people. He knew that it was the people that really, 
really grew this company and made the company what it is today, which is going to continue to be for the next 50 years. It's all about attracting good talent, bringing in people, getting bought into our culture, and really driving us and taking us to that next level. And I think we're more, we're more than just wearing ESOP. I mean, we are true owners. I mean, it goes back to the, it, there's no us and them here at TMC. I mean, it's it, it's the the drivers are 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 our management, the, the management, our drivers, the, it is what it is. I mean, we are all owners. I mean, it goes back to the, to the, if you, if you, if you've got freight that you're trying to get us to haul, give us a name, we'll get back to it by the same token. Tell me what you'd like to see in your truck. And we try and get it changed for you. Right. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, it, it's about working together, striving to pull the, pull the truck in the same direction at the same speed. So it, so it works very fluidly and, and, and well, so, yeah. Absolutely. And I think the, the one thing that I think we'd kind of like to end on, and I think we'll, you know, probably end on something like this with every, with every um, podcast that we do. But you guys know how much we preach safety uh, within our organization. And, uh, if, you know, the drivers always ask, what can we do from a company standpoint to contribute to the success, to contribute to uh, saving the company money? If there's any area within our organization, Jeff, it's safety. And when you talk about uh, you know, total accidents that we look at on any given month. I talk about them in every one of my morning meetings that I have, uh, both total accidents, preventable accidents, work comp claims, uh, moving violations. And guys, I, I realize you guys are getting uh, pounded with driver messages out there when it comes to safety, but, but I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is that, that we all um, really focus on what we're trying to do from a safety standpoint. When, when you're going to the truck stops, you know, get out and look, you know, go uh, making sure that you are safe and, and trying to find a parking spot there. You know, from a moving violation standpoint, you know, the issues that we're having are speeding. Uh, we had one texting the other day, which is probably not going to end up very well for that driver. Um, you know, seatbelts, if you can believe that or not, it's the law. Um, we have to wear seatbelt, guys. You know, it's, we got drivers going into the um, state of Georgia, you know, on their phones or not wearing a seatbelt. These states are looking for that type of stuff, and that's what you guys can help us out with. What I do want to say real quickly is it, I, I know you all hear a lot about safety from us, and we beat safety and because that's that's some, something you have to be. That's who you are. You, you decide to be a safe company or not. With that said, TMC is an incredibly safe company. We're ridiculously safe. Other truck lines would love to have our numbers. They'd love to be as safe as we are. But unfortunately, the back of our truck, it doesn't say destination, only one accident. It says destination excellence. Right. It means no accidents, okay? So having one ticket or one accident is too many. I mean, we're still a very, very, very safe organization. So, so it's just a blemish. It's like having a dirty truck. If you, if you get a ticket for a cell phone, the other thing I want to point out to all drivers is, is it's not just about the company, okay? If you get a speeding ticket, if you get a cell phone ticket, that CDL that you worked so hard for is lessened. I mean, because nobody's going to hire you with some tickets, even if you leave TMC. So, so you got, it's about protecting yourself, not only the company, but protecting yourself and the things you strive so hard in life for. But, but again, TMC is a super safe company, but one ticket is too many. It's destination excellence, not destination halfway there. I mean, I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> exactly right. You know, I think going back to what Jeff said at the beginning of the uh, the podcast here, and I think we want to probably end with this, but 
future podcast meetings, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear some of the topics and some of the things that you guys want to talk about. That's what these things are for. Um, whether it's myself or Jeff or, you know, we bring in maybe a guest that comes in that kind of answers some of the questions. If it's a question that's more geared or specific to a certain department, we've got all the people and the resources within our company to answer the questions that they have. No, no, we got, we, I'd like some ideas about uh, maybe some segments, some pieces we want to put in here. Uh, uh, um, anything from, uh, I don't know how many of y'all are cooking in your truck. Do you got a best crock pot recipe for the truck? Okay. I'd like to know what your favorite customer is and why that's your favorite customer. Okay. Uh, whether it's the loading facilities or, or maybe it's the cafeteria they have. And of course, the big guy's talking about food, but, but, uh, uh, so, so I'd like to hear about some of those things. I mean, you tell us, uh, what you want to hear and what you'd like to hear a call out. What's the best restaurant in the Southeast? What's the best restaurant in, in West Texas? You guys tell me, and, and we'll match them up. Maybe we'll bring in a plate of barbecue from both places and, and let you guys let you decide, know. you know. But that, that we want to have some fun with this, okay? I mean, it, it's about we're a big family here. It's about continuing to, to, to communicate with each other. And we think this will be a great com uh, format to communicate. Uh, maybe we bring driver guests in. I, I mean, I... I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where it's going to end up. I mean, we could do it once a week. We could do it once a month. We can do it as often as you like. But it, but it's your deal. It's not mine. It's not Travis's. It's the driver's. And and, and we want to talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah. And, and we don't have a name for this podcast yet. I don't right. know if that's yeah, something we, we want to kind of throw out to the drivers and have you guys send us some suggestions on what you would want to call this. And maybe we, we got a $100 you know, hundred dollar gift yeah, card or something that we bucks, give a yeah. hundred bucks. We're going to do that. You guys send us some suggestions on what you want to call the podcast and, and we'll review, review them internally and, and maybe make that announcement the next time to kind of give it some, um, you know, give it a title. Yeah, and nothing about the fat guy. Okay, <laughs> and but, his food. Yeah. And his food. But, <laughs> but yeah, we throw us out some names, some suggestions. Um, we'd love to do it. I mean, we're, we're here. I mean, this is it. Yeah. And just, Thank you guys for everything that you guys do out there as drivers. We know what you make sacrifices. Guys, guys, too. we got quite a few female Females. drivers now. I want to say That's thank true. you to all of you out there. Uh, uh, happy to have you. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Everybody have a good day. Be safe. Let us know if you need anything. Thank you. Wait, what, what Is there we... jokes? <laughs> Joke time, joke time, lay a little joke time, lay a little joke time yes. on me. Is that the joke? I don't, I don't, right. I don't know what it is. So you tell a joke. You tell it, Jeffrey. It, so that's what we're gonna just read it. No, I, you, let you me know, see it. Okay, no, it's joke time, joke time, Travis. Joke time. Joke All right, time, here we go. Time. Here we go. Okay, here's the joke of the week. Can we do jokes without offending anybody? We're gonna do it. You can even right. swear. Well, gonna, hey, we, Jeff, we've been told we can swear on. We this can podcast. offend everybody. Okay. <laughs> I went to my doctor the other day. The doctor says, "Hey." What do you do for a living? I said, hey, I'm a truck driver. He said, that's great. I like working on truck drivers. I said, well, why is that? He said, less moving parts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. You can you do go. the next one. Is there another one? <clears throat> I made that one up. It ain't on the list. <laughs> I ain't doing one. <laughs> no, this, that one's enough. That one's enough. <laughs> But, but I think that's, that's exactly what, and I think we could make fun of other truck lines, you know. You know what, hey. Why do you get, yeah. So the other thing I think we need to be careful of is, because our competitions potentially could be seeing this stuff so if we, we put it on YouTube. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Have you seen yeah. all the Swifty, the Swift? 
Yeah, hell the yeah. Truck you know. incidences that they have. What do you What do you get when Swift Truck leaves a truck stop? Two open spots, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. How do truck drivers contact each other in Wisconsin, Jeffrey? I have no idea. They use a Milwaukee talkie. Milwaukee talkie. Milwaukee talkie. Not during deer season. What's the other one? We just will hit them all. Did you guys come up with these? Who came up with these things? Trevor? These are, these are if these cheesy, if the cheesy ones, you guys think they're cheesy, it's on Trevor. Why don't truck drivers ever get bored? Why? Because they are the ones who steer the conversation. Well, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> safely, safely. <laughs> All, right. All right, we're done. Are we done? Peace Good out. Enough? All right. Peace. We're peacing out. Sure. All right, cool. I'm excited.